Hello, welcome back. At the Metropolitan Culture Corner, we often interview actors, directors, writers, musicians, but the arts is only one part, albeit a very large part, of the culture of a city. So today, we are pleased to welcome a guest who represents a different part of the culture, that is Barcelona. Eleonora Trani is a yoga teacher, originally from Rome, though now living here in our beautiful city of Barcelona. She has traveled, lived, studied, and taught all over the world in Spain, France, Italy, England, Egypt, Nepal, India, Thailand, Cambodia, Australia, Mexico, Guatemala, and the United States. She is a Hatha yoga teacher who offers group and private classes. She is certified as a yoga master by the International Shivananda Yoga Vedanta Center. She's also been certified by the Federación Español de Tai Chi y Pilates, by the International Personal Trainers and Coaching Association, and is a WCS yoga teacher, which means a teacher specifically trained to work with women who are cancer survivors. She has collaborated with the Spiritual and Depth Psychology Specialization of the Antioch University of Los Angeles and has worked as an assistant director on several documentaries about Tibetan Buddhism in India. Eleonora collaborates with the Trisakya Yoga School and is in the process of producing an intensive online yoga training course in reaction to the global pandemic. Years ago, I admit that I thought of yoga as this kind of hippie, yuppie, trendy thing, no? I thought if I'm gonna take the time to exercise, I want to move, I want to sweat, I don't want to sit on a mat and stretch while someone in a color-coordinated outfit tells me to picture being in a forest full of fairies or whatever, right? But then, I got to know some really amazing yoga professionals, and when you study with one of them, yoga has a deep and profound and pretty incredible philosophy behind it. Without this philosophy, it's not yoga, it's just stretching. Also, you find out that it is hard. Physically and mentally, it's a challenge. And if you learn from a teacher who knows what he or she is doing, it can be an amazing tool for your mental and your physical health. In Barcelona, yoga is a big part of the local culture. There are yoga studios like everywhere, which is why I thought it would be interesting to hear from one of the best teachers in town, a teacher's teacher, in fact, who has a holistic approach to her craft and a real-life approach to her art. So please welcome Eleonora Trani to this edition of the Metropolitan Culture Corner. I'm teaching since 2007. I make my living with yoga, but you need to keep on studying and you need to keep on studying with excellent masters and teachers. How do you find them? You need to be curious, uh, you need to investigate, and you need to understand that yoga is not dressing white, having a turban, going with incense, even though I have incense here, but chanting mantra that you don't even understand. Yoga is being curious about investigating your own mind which is in the body, which is actually the same thing as the body, and it's possible to become a better person. Let's keep it simple, you know? Welcome and thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us on the Metropolitan Culture Corner. So you were born in Rome and you eventually yep. moved to Barcelona. Why Barcelona? So I discovered Barcelona in the late 90s. I lived all the big changes of Barcelona, you know, like straight after the Olympics, this city completely transformed. And I got here at the end of the 90s, beginning of 2000 from Rome, which is a very big, chaotic city. I fell in love with the city and I fell in love with the Sonar Festival. <laughs> the music festival and at this festival I met a girl she was from Rome too and we became very close friends her dream was to come here and live in Barcelona unfortunately she passed in a very unexpected way we were very young part of my decision was 
related to the fact that I wanted to bring her with me because she was a good friend of mine. We shared so many good moments. You know, we were in our 20s, having fun, partying, studying at the university, working, and we were really close. So I got a big depression when she died. Of course, I went to therapy. We need to normalize going to therapy and the psychologist she was like look whenever you feel better whenever you stop having your panic attacks you might try yoga because it will help you a lot to get back to your body and to your breath which is what people suffering from panic attacks need so the two things came together i used to work in television in rome you know in a big news channel i left my job in television i came here to honor the memory of my friend live a different life, be close to the beach, and study yoga. I met my first teacher here because I started practicing yoga in Rome, and that's it. <laughs> a lot of people have a concept of yoga teachers as just one thing, but you weren't always a yoga teacher. You studied anthropology and archaeology. As you mentioned, you worked in the corporate world, you worked in television, you worked yeah. on the club scene yeah. and promotion. Your friends in Italy <laughs> were underground rappers, and you've also been involved in activism. I mean, how did yeah. all life experience eventually lead to approaching yoga in a different way in terms of how to apply yoga to real life? Like many other people, when I met yoga, I was in a moment of, of change or in a crisis, if you prefer. When I found myself so lost, yoga somehow put the pieces together again. And uh, when you start studying, like, for example, the Yoga Sutra uh, written by Patanjali, I'm not going to get into this because it's very <laughs> complex, but the definition of yoga is yoga is the seas of mind fluctuations. So yoga is actually about the mind. And when you're in trouble in life and your mind is troubled, you need something. I was lucky enough because I found very good teachers, instructors and masters. And as I come from anthropology, archaeology, and I really love observing the reality around me. And it's a pity that the most known thing in the West nowadays is the pure asana, which is a, an amazing element of a very elaborated path of mind transforming, of mind changing. So as I mentioned Patanjali, he talks about an eightfold path. So asana is the third step of this eightfold path. First, there is the ethics and then the personal practice. And then there is the asana practice. And then the pranayama practice, which is the breathing exercises. And then concentration, meditation up to the level of samadhi, which is like the Zen no mind. I don't want to get too complicated. When you start practicing asanas and you have a very active life, like I used to have because I kept on studying throughout the last 20 years, the practice is something that holds you together and allows you to be yourself despite whatever you go through, you know? It's something that is there for you, it's like a refuge. And you need to be lucky, I was, because you need to find authentic people that live yoga in this way. Nowadays, uh, we have Instagram, we have the social networks, and so the business now is a multi-billionaire one. So yoga is transforming and not everything is good. So you really need to be lucky and investigate and study and find good masters and teachers. So I think that my life was a very adventurous one because I always wanted to travel. I'm passionate about traveling and the big part of my travels were work and study related. So I basically taught yoga in four continents so far. I registered my own school and because if I have to be part of the problem, you know, then I want to be part of the solution too. 
and there are many problems in the yoga industry. A lot of people think, okay, so you study yoga, right? But you've studied yoga anatomy, different systems of yoga, different schools of thought, Tibetan Buddhism, yeah. the Dalai Lama. What role do all these people, all these masters, all these teachers, who are some of the most important people in terms of your path, so to speak? But when you meet authentic masters and teachers, they have a massive impact in your life. You mentioned His Holiness attending Gyatso, the Dalai Lama, for theme, and I had the privilege of attending his teachings in India. I was practicing yoga already since 10 years when I met the Dalai Lama. These people show you that a different world is possible if we really work on our mind. Obviously, body and mind are totally connected. The physical part is super important, but then there is the actual philosophical and theoretical part of it. You study the teachings of the Buddha, for example, or you study the teachings of Patanjali, the Yoga Sutra that I mentioned, and you enter in a different mindscape, you know? You realize that all the obsession, the thoughts, all the mind activity can actually be transformed in a state of peace and happiness. You know, I was in India, I was attending the teachings of His Holiness the Dalai Lama and to be honest with you, that changed my yoga practice and that changed my way of teaching yoga too. This is my 20th year of practice this year. Nice. Um, Congratulations. It, yeah, when you see the Dalai Lama, obviously you don't see only a better person. You see, you see someone that really is present because it's all about being in the present you know all these slogans uh, like the here and now the, there is this famous book i didn't read it i'm honest i didn't call the the power of now this eckhart Tolle book it's all about being present so when you see someone like the dalai lama basically what you see is someone who is really in the here and now when you are dealing with these complicated teachings, then you understand why you need a relaxed mind. It's kind of like with music, I suppose. I'm not a musician, but I love music a lot. So I think that when you go into the music, when you are there, you're completely there. You know, it's a form of meditation. It's a form of being present. The youngest of my teachers is 68, for you to get the idea, you know? And then there are wonderful instructors, my age, a little older. I study with them too. I try to practice with good practitioners. I studied different styles and I went to different retreats to have different tools because yoga needs to be inclusive. I literally inverted all my money, you know, generated from my different jobs into a continuing education. And you went on to study and teach in Nepal and Egypt and Thailand and all these places. Yeah. What's, everywhere you go, you meet different people who bring different things into your yeah. practice. But what did some of those places specifically bring to your practice? Well, for me, India is a very special place. I was going to India every year to study, to meet my teachers, and I was taking at least one month or one month and a half every year to go there. I started bringing people to practice to India. Actually, my very first travel to India was a work travel because then everything gets interconnected, you know? I started bringing groups to India to meet teachers because if you want to change the world, you need to have a different vision of it, you know? It's not only about producing, consuming, and dying. So I used to bring groups every year and then I went to live to India. I lived between India and Nepal for two years with my ex-boyfriend. We sold the few things that we could living in Barcelona at the time and we just went to India to study and to improve. And choosing a nomadic lifestyle for a while brings you to so many connections. So why you end up to Egypt? Well, the hook was that my ex-boyfriend, who was a musician, got invited to the Cairo Jazz Club. And then at the Cairo Jazz Club, I met this man who was a dancer from 
the Paris Ballet uh, Opera. He was a very good dancer who was opening a dance school. It was an amazing étoile, Lucien. And so he was like, ah, do you want to come and teach at my school? I was like, why not? And then after one year and a half, living my best life in Egypt, meeting an amazing a melting pot of people from all over the world and, well, Arab Spring. So everything changed. So then you take your yoga mats and you sleep on them. You go to the studio and you, you try to stay safe. But that was an amazing experience. I think that the Arab Spring, it's something that the world needed at the time and we still do need. That was an experience that was totally mind-blowing. And in Rome, I was an activist since very young. But that was a completely different level because that was a revolution made by the people, you know, and this is something unique that you live once in your life. And yoga brought me to this and helped me heal from this because they shoot my friends in the street, you know, police, and there are some milestones. So that was a milestone of my life. And that came from yoga too. So I'm really thankful. I, I just give thanks every day I wake up because I met beautiful souls. I met many friends and I experience uh, different lives. Good thing with yoga is that you bring it with you wherever you go. So if you embrace it as a lifestyle in its essence, uh, it will accompany you wherever you go and it will help to keep the pieces together and improve as a human being. You've talked a lot about how real yoga is an act of bravery and that you're not a fan of what you call Instagram yoga. Marketing is necessary for business, but what is it that you don't like about that kind of yoga? I don't like the way they sell the body of women, first and foremost. I lead TTCs, teacher training courses, since 2016. And I can tell you, statistically, 90% of the people coming to these courses are women. It's an old issue of feminism. Women's body are used to sell basically everything. So I'm critical about this. So when the kids come to my courses, these girls, they're like 20 years younger than me or 10, or sometimes they're even 10 years older or 15 years older than me, it depends. They get fascinated by these uh, perfect, but, uh, like, I was teaching in Thailand when, when Instagram became very big, so I was in the perfect location with the perfect sunset. But if you look at my Instagram, you probably find two or three of those pictures, but this is personal. On a general level, I think that the distortion of the female body that Instagram and different networks offer as the only option are not inclusive. You know, you can look for stuff on Instagram and if you look for yoga on Instagram, you have these images of I mean, they're all pretty much the same. You need to really scroll down a lot before you find, uh, I don't know, a black woman or a chubby person or whatever. Because first and foremost is the female perfect body in the beautiful landscape, uh, doing an impossible posture, maybe in bikini and like the inspirational quote by, I don't know, Whoever. These kids, they come to the courses, they want to teach yoga, but they want to teach yoga because they want to be like that, that chick that has 5,000K followers on Instagram. And then they meet me <laughs> and I start talking about different stuff, you know? Because I think that you need to be aware of the fact that yoga is not what capitalism is selling as yoga, you know? It's a completely different thing and it's a tool for mind training and mind transformation. <laughs> 
I mean, I still have kids, they write me, you know, after five years, 10 years, and they thank me because they found a different way. And now if you look at the stuff on Instagram, they try to do their best to keep it, to keep it real, which is what yoga is about. What do you think of the yoga culture in general in Barcelona? I know the Instagram culture is one thing, but do you find people, other teachers in Barcelona that feel the same way you do? Yes. I mean, I think that there is an increasing movement of people that want to be authentic. And there are teachers that I really appreciate and love. They don't have the social networks. If you want to go to class with them or practice with them, you need to send a message. Me and my business partner with whom I, we run these teacher training courses, because as I told you, if, if there's a, you know, a problem, I want to be part of the solution. I want to be part of the change, you know? Yeah, there are there are very good teachers around. I mean, I mean, Dalai Lama is on Instagram, but obviously he's not running it. Instagram, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not their problem, you know, it's our problem. And the youngsters that are, you know, scrolling all their life away. And that is the opposite of being in the present. That is the opposite of yoga. That's why I'm critical because as an anthropologist, you know that the brain is shaped by technology. I don't know, sometimes uh, I think that I, I, I study too much, maybe. <laughs> What's the difference for you between training someone who is maybe just starting out on their journey or just trying yoga for fun versus training a teacher who might know quite a bit? Do you enjoy teaching a beginner as much as you enjoy teaching a teacher? I am passionate about beginners, to be honest with you. I consider myself, after 20 years, an absolute beginner. Because the beginner mind is the one that allows you to keep on learning. If you think that you know things, you block your development for ego, you know? And the ego spiritual is very big, especially in the Instagram yoga community. I used to teach in companies. I used to teach here in Barcelona in Centro Civicos, Casal de Gran, you know, with elderly people, with young service. So I like to adapt the practice to the people in the room. So maybe there are three people doing something, four people doing something else, and two other people doing something else in the same classroom, but there's always a flow. I'm passionate about beginners because actually teaching to someone that already know, it's easy. And I like a challenge. You collaborated for a long time with the accredited Trisakya School based in the US, which is your school, your project. Uh, the name Trisakya means three truths, and that's the name you use for all of your teaching programs wherever they may be located. The branch located here in Barcelona is called Espacio de Yoga, which offers intensive courses, education, training, retreats. You used to manage the space with your business partner, but as of September, we'll be turning over the management to someone else and only will be offering teacher training courses out of the same space, as well as dedicating yourself to the online school. So how does this step back from managing the space give you more freedom to dedicate yourself to what you're doing as a teacher? Actually, that's the bright side of online. It gives you a massive freedom. In the last few months, me and Alejandra, we were translating the teacher training course, which is 200 hours, an official international certification. We needed to translate it to the online format, but there will be a big part, 125 hours will be on Zoom. So we are trying to have a strategy. So people say a limited amount of hours on Zoom will be probably a six or nine month course. We have a teacher training course here in Barcelona in Espacio de Yoga starting from October, six months. And at the beginning of 2022, we will launch the online teacher training course. That's it. Thank you so much, Eleonora. I know you're preparing to go to Ibiza to teach for several months, so I know you're very busy. Good luck with your travels, your classes, your online school, and with everything else. No problem. Have a happy evening. Ciao. 
To all of our listeners, viewers, readers, thank you for tuning in every single month. Make sure that you subscribe to our channel so you don't miss a single Metropolitan Culture Corner. You know that it's the first Monday of every month. All of our interviews since April 2020 are available on the official Metropolitan YouTube channel. And now they're also available as podcasts on SoundCloud. See you next month.